This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We also thank God for everyone that's joining and for all those that are in the building. We know that God of heaven and earth will fulfill his plans and his purposes for our lives in Jesus' name. Um, just this morning, during the morning service, I just want to quickly share with us. We still continue on our, uh, on our monthly theme of, what's our theme for this month of October? Fullness. Hallelujah. And so it might be just helpful if you put on the screen for us from the New Living Translation, our Bible verse, the anchor verse for this month, which is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19. Ephesians 3, verse 19. Hallelujah. So if you just put that on the screen for us, for us okay? It says, may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Say to yourself, I will be made complete. I will be made complete. I will need to see that. I will need to see that to read it. Hallelujah. All right. With all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Say it one more time. I will be made, I will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And so shall it be in Jesus' name. I just want to share with you this morning on the topic, filled and fulfilled through the power of God's word. Filled and fulfilled through the power of God's word. And two main areas I want us to just pay attention to this morning, as you can call it, uh, the aim of the short exhortation. Um, The first part is that I want us to understand unequivocally the purpose of being here on earth. And that seems to be a little bit of a pastor I know. I mean, I've heard a lot of things about uh, people's understanding of why we are here on earth. Uh, many times it is the ultimate effect of it that we call the purpose of it. Uh, the ultimate effect of being here on earth is so that we may glorify God, uh, so that God may take pleasure in, in our lives. But I believe right from the book of Genesis through the Old Testament to the New, the main purpose of God bringing us to this world is so that we can live a full and fulfilled life. Um, and, you know, it, sometimes it sounds very religious to say, well, you know, it's not about me. It's just about absolute. It's just about God. It's about your creator. But, of course, the purpose where God created you here is so that you may fulfill and live a life that is pleasing unto him and that you will benefit and enjoy. And don't, don't try, don't let's cut around that. Psalm 35 verse 27, Psalm 35, Psalms 35 verse 27 makes it very clear that the purpose why God has put us here is for that. Psalm 37 verse 27, 
35, 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Did you get that? Please keep it on the screen for me. If you reverse that, it says that those that will shout and rejoice, they have joy in their heart, isn't it? And they have joy in their heart because they prosper as the servants of God. Do you get that? And then God will have pleasure and delight in them. So it's not the pleasure of God that starts. It is you prospering. It is you having something to shout about that God gives God the pleasure. Does that make sense to somebody? So don't let us put it to another way. Because when we then say it's all about the pleasure of God, then sometimes if what I'm going to is it makes God to be impersonal. It makes God to be very far. It makes God to just see us as tools. It's all about Him. It's all about yes, it's all about Him because He's your creator. But believe you me, He has a plan that he will only have pleasure when you prosper. Does that make sense to somebody? When you prosper spiritually. And so when you go to God, go with that confidence and with that assurance. We can take that off the screen now, please. We can go with that assurance and with that confidence that God's number one purpose is so that I may prosper. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he will bring us to the point of prosperity in the name of Jesus. Number two aspect of our study this morning, and which is where we spend the next few minutes, is we need to understand how we can achieve what we have first said. Does that make sense to you? So please, from now on, when you go around, when you pray, zero it on the fact that, Lord, you have created me so that I can live a fulfilled life, I can live a life that is joyous, that is good, that is, there may be obstacles on the way, but even in the midst of those obstacles, I become better, but the ultimate end is so that I can live a life that is pleasing unto you, because Jesus Christ, our Lord, says so much, the enemy cometh, but to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but I have come that you will what? Have life and do what? You can only know what God wants for you when you see the devil doing the opposite. That's the easiest way to know. Because the same thing he did in the Garden of Eden. He went to the Garden of Eden and he said, you know, it's all about God. As God said, he said, no, it's not that he really cares about you. It's just about him. He just doesn't want you to be like him. It's the same lie he's still telling many people today. I want you to be liberated. God wants the best for me. Amen? God wants the best for you. Amen? And please believe that with all your heart. And that glorifies God. Amen. But of course, the second part is how do we get into that? The easiest way I want to explain that in the shorter that I have is to explain it from the position of, um, how do I put it now? Um, that the word of God is what God uses to achieve what he wants to achieve in our lives. Amen. Is the word that comes out that God uses to achieve what he wants to achieve in our lives. And the best way that I can explain that is that the word is like, um, it's like a bullet. It's like a bullet. Yeah, I'm sure you are, uh, probably that's very surprising to you. And unless the trigger is pulled to release the bullet, the bullet stays in the barrel and nothing is achieved. So every life situation that we have, anytime you want to hit something in your spiritual life, in your emotional life, in your material life, something must go out to hit it so that it can be activated to happen. 
and, and throughout the scripture, we see that the word is what God uses to do everything. When he went to create the heavens and the earth, he created with word. Isaiah 55, verse 11. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 11. Hallelujah. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. What do you think the word is from there? It shall not return, but it shall reach the target, and we do exactly what I want it to do. Like, that's like a bullet. Now, when you fire the word, it said it will not come. It's not going to ricochet. He's not going to glance across that thing. and come. God says, if I fire that bullet, it must hit. If it hits, it will do exactly what I want it to do. It will start something I want it to start. It will break open an alabaster box and the fragrance of it will come out. It will break open a treasure house for you and it will make it to bring forth what it wants to bring forth. The word of God goes forth and hits its target and that target will do what it's sent to do. Psalms 107 verse 20. Psalm 107 verse 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Hallelujah. So if somebody is holding you down, it is the word of God that will be fired. It will hit that chain that is binding you. It will hit that target and it will release you into what God wants you to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this morning, let's take that off the screen, please. So this morning, we're going to look carefully into how this word works. Amen. Now, when I was praying about this yesterday, God gave me 10 Bible verses. You know, that these 10 Bible verses, they will paint a picture of what God wants us to do. So what I'll quickly do, I will read through these 10 Bible verses, and then I will come back to what God wants us to do. And I was saying, Lord, and they're quite long, but listen carefully as I take them one by one. The first one that I will take will be Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Number one. So if I can add a few words onto that, he said, God blessed them. So God did not do anything about them. He just spoke a word into them and that word make them to be fruitful, make them to fill the earth, make them to be what he wanted them to be. God continued like that and in Genesis chapter 12 verse 2 and 3, verses 2 and 3, I will make you a great nation. God speaking to Abraham, I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Amen? So, again, God spoke into Abraham's life and some things were released. Now, I want you to follow it now and I'm now, now turning into the position in which man started speaking. In Genesis chapter 27, verses 2 to 4, God spoke in Genesis 1, man spoke in Genesis 12, Sorry, God spoke in Genesis 1, man, God spoke in Genesis 12, and by Genesis 27, man started speaking and things started happening. Then he said, behold now I am old. And this was Isaac speaking unto his own children. I do not know the day of my death. 
Now therefore, please take your weapons, your quiver, and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me. And make me savory food such as I love. And bring it to me that I may eat, that my soul may bless you before I die. The will that God gave, uh, that, that Isaac gave, the will that Isaac released for, um, that Isaac released for, for Jacob at that stage was the fact that he did not say this is the list of what I will bless you with. If he not says this is that the these are the houses, because the Bible said Isaac was very rich. But he did not, it was not that. He said, he will have said, I will this cow to you, I will this this rank of cattle to you, I will. No, no, no. He said, I want to bless his word that I want to release into your life so that you can achieve what you have to achieve. And we must understand that very carefully. And very soon, I will begin the application of them. Let me go to the next one. Now, there was another generation after Isaac blessing Jacob. And Jacob knowing that as well. Hear what Jacob did when it was his time to also release the bullet into the life of his own people. To release that life-given word into their life. And Genesis chapter 49, 22 uh, it's a very long one, but I will just pick a little bit part of it. You don't need to put it on the screen. Let me read from here for you. Joseph is a fruitful bough. A fruitful bough. That was Jacob now blessing who? Joseph. Are you following me? Ah, all right. Hallelujah. All right. Joseph is a fruitful bough. A fruitful bough by a well. His branches run over the wall. The archers have bitterly gripped him, shot at him, and hated him. But his bow remained in strength, and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. By the God of your father, who will help you? By the Almighty, who will bless you with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep. That lies beneath blessings of the breast and of the womb. The blessings of your father have excelled the blessing of my ancestors up to the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him who will separate from his brother. Wow. The man said the blessing of Abraham rolled into the blessing of Isaac, rolled into the blessing of Jacob. I put upon you, Joseph. No wonder people in those days, they fight tooth and nail to see that they receive parental blessing. We don't seem to understand it anymore. I mean, go back onto where I read in Genesis chapter 27, verses 36 to 38. You can put that on the screen for us to see and take it off immediately, please. Genesis 27, verse 36. And Esau said, that was after Jacob had stolen his blessing or surreptitiously taken his blessing. It wasn't stealing. Somebody said he negotiated it from the man that was not very clever. But this was what Esau was saying when he knew that he was not going to get the most important thing, which was blessing, not the cattle, not the slaves, not the things that the man was leaving behind. And Esau said unto his father, is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me the two times. He took away my birthright and now look, he has taken away my blessing and he said have you not reserved a blessing for me? That was him speaking to the father, verse 37. Then Isaac answered and said to Esau, indeed I have made him your master. By speaking. Not by the amount of what I left on you. By just speaking. I have made him your master. 
Indeed, and all his brethren, I have given to him as servants with grain and wine have sustained him. It's not because what he gave him. No, 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 no. Because when Jacob eventually ran away, we didn't take anything with him, you remember? So it was not what he gave him. He said that by speaking that this boy was going to have a lot of grain, which signifies storable, you know, type of wealth and wine. I have sustained What shall I do now for you, my son? The father was blessing. He said, and he saw, said to his father, have you only one blessing, my father? Is it that the only one you have that you have given him that you cannot look for another one for me? He said, bless me. Me also. May somebody learn to cry unto those that have authority over them and say, bless me. Me also. We don't understand it in our times. We don't understand it. Time failed me. I was going to bring a clip. Hopefully those circumstances, they may have that clip. Of those blessings that when we go to the redemption camp in, 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 in Lagos and the very final day of the meeting, on the Friday before we disperse, and at the jail we stand there. He actually says another one on Sunday morning, which I tend to wait for. And he blesses the people. You could know it from his heart. It's not scripted. And he begins, when he finishes in English, he would then speak it in, in, in the local language, the Yoruba language, and, and blesses people. And many of us, we covet it. We know it means a lot. But please go back to me again. Thank you. You're doing very well. In verse 38 of that, Genesis chapter 27. And Esau said to his father, have you only one blessing? My father, bless me. Oh, me also, oh, my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Many of us, we weep over they don't give us money. We weep over because we don't weep over blessings. We don't weep over Lord. When will he release a word into my life? Brethren, it makes all the difference. You want fullness? You must make sure you get blessed. You must make sure words come into your life. And I pray it will come in the name of Jesus Christ. Psalm 23 verse 5. The 10 verses that I have for you. Before I round up. He said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup does what? Runs over. Hallelujah. We move on swiftly. You understand that very well, don't you? And of course, the verse 6 is usually the one that follows. It says, surely, isn't it? But what does this say? Leviticus 26, verse 5. He said, your treasure shall last till the time of vintage. These are just blessings being pronounced. And the vintage shall last till the time of sowing. You shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. Hallelujah. Wow, wow. Just tells you that God speaks into people's lives. And the preceding verses talks about some other thing which I can go. Let me move on to the next set of blessings. <laughs> How they happen to people. I go to 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 3 to 6. 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 3 to 6. Then he said, Go borrow vessels from everyone, from all your neighbors. Empty vessels, do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. The background to that story was that this woman was the wife of a prophet. And uh, the man left, you know, you know, dead for him. Papa was a rolling stone. You know that kind of story. And when he dead, when he's dead, all he left was what? It was alone. You didn't know that song. You didn't meet it. Ah, oh, okay. Sorry. No, it was sung by temptations many years back. Papa was a rolling stone. Does anybody know it? You know, I, where you are Christian, you don't sing such songs, I know. I know. I, I sang it those days. But, um, but I was a message in it. That was what, unfortunately, this song of the prophet was. 
He left alone. You won't leave loans for your children when you leave. And I'm already speaking into somebody's life here. You won't leave mortgage for them. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And in this country, it's not a good thing to do. Do you know what is called inheritance tax? Does anybody know how much inheritance tax is now? You don't know, huh? It used to be 40%. It's 45 now. Oh. You are too young to be thinking of inheritance tax. <laughs> so in the fullness of time, when I leave, the house that I'm leaving behind, they will value it. Unless I have a way around it, and I can tell you ways around it, that before you die, give it as a gift. And you need to give it about seven years before, so that inheritance, because they can backdate it. Go and read about it. But you know, it's not that house I want to leave for them. You know what I want to leave for them? Blessing. The bullet. Whatever happens to the 40% government, 45% government wants to, does not matter. By the time I've released them, and I say that whatever highest height I reach, whatever highest height I reach, their starting point will be 10 times that highest height. And I say that from the bottom of my heart, there shall be fulfillment. So, this were the men. So, that was unfortunately the story of this son of the prophet. <laughs> I know one that the Lord said I should read this because there are things that God is bringing out that I didn't intend at all. And so, left alone for them. So, the woman, wise enough, ran to it. Since the man did not bless them when he was living, he didn't seem he did. He did not even leave money. And if you don't leave money, leave blessing, leave prophecy. But this man didn't seem to have left prophecy, didn't seem to have left money. He left them high and dry. So the woman being a clever woman, as most women are, guys, listen carefully, let's be as wise. They know how to seek help. Oh, I trust them. I know how many, by the special grace of God, I had the privilege. I said, I said where is the man? When, why is it that you are running around to get this thing resolved? Where is the man? Yeah, of course, we do make mistakes by that because we can start knocking on wrong doors. But I know that if you find the right door, <laughs> you, always, you always hold on to it. So this woman did what most wise women do. Look for help and thank God for her. She got the right help. Hallelujah. It was where she got the right help that this word was spoken to her. Listen now. Then Elisha said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him, from Elisha, and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass. Somebody said, now it came to pass. It shall come to pass in your life as well. When the vessels were full, this month of fullness, your vessels shall be full. One after another. Then she said to her son, bring me another vessel. The vessel of financial advancement became full. He said, that is not where we are going. What about our vessel of healing? What about the vessel of spiritual advancement? What about the vessel 
to reach out unto my family members far away. That's an empty vessel. It's an empty vessel. We've been looking to fill it. Thank God for the vessel of material prosperity, for the vessel of emotional, for the vessel of healing, for the vessel of my personal ministry going. What about my family member? Bring that vessel as well. They shall be full. And they brought the vessel. Hallelujah. Bring me another vessel. He said, there is not another vessel. Some theologians said that she should have borrowed more. But people in the town, they must still have vessel. Hallelujah. But it's very possible that every vessel that you need to fill can be filled. Do you agree with me? It's possible. Life is finite, after all. But this woman, she fulfilled all that she wanted. How many have I read? You are not counting. All right? So I go to another one. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verses 10 to 11. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Amen. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gift to those who need them, they will thank God. When we take your gift to those who need them in the potter's hand ministry, in the ministry unto the homeless, in the ministry unto... He said they will thank God. They said, who brought this one? And I was so glad that of all the people that could have gotten the Nobel Peace Prize this year, is those groups that were feeding the hungry that got it. The world is changing for the better. You usually give it to one individual, many of them very political maneuvering so that they can get it. They are not really interested many of the time in the peace. They just want to get the title. But people that are working, you could see the excitement in the man who was their director. When they showed him on the title, he said, ah, we were not expecting it. We were just ordinary. Anybody can nominate anyone for Nobel Peace Prize, you know. It's not anybody, anybody. And I mean anybody. And because these people are working in the background, you will have what to give as well. That's me releasing bullets of blessing into your life right now. John chapter 6, verses 10 to 13. Then Jesus said, make the people see that I'm talking to you about fullness in all these various ways in which the Lord laid it on our hearts. John chapter 6, verse 10. Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves. And when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down. And likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. What was the lesson there for me? The Lord Jesus Christ wants to prove unto us that he's the God of more than enough. I mean, you are fed with two fish, and five loaves of bread, and five slices more like is the pita bread they use in those days. So when they say loaves, don't think of uh, the big Tesco or Hovis bread. They were flat. <laughs> they were flat pita bread. That's what they eat in the Middle East. So don't say, oh, but anyway, you don't know how big the loaf. You know, all these theologians, they come with all sorts of stories. You know, they want to make the word of God of non-effect. You've heard of the story before. And I read it in secondary school. So they were trying to explain the miracles of the Bible away. 
And one side, the second part of the message, hopefully we'll be giving the second service, looks like now. We need to start closing. Um, so they say that, you know, that Jesus did not actually perform those miracles, that 40 days don't mean 40 days. It's just a rough time, like something. And the most ridiculous one they told us was that actually children of Israel, that the Red Sea did not part. You've heard of that before? Theologians have said that uh, it was just low tide, wasn't it? No, the water was just very low. Oh, which, you know, the Red Sea can't part. And that low tide also covered the... So the low tide that they passed through, the low tide also... Make, make a Pharaoh's army to drown. You know, sometimes when you get clever, you become very foolish. God is still a God of miracles. Oh, I've tasted of his goodness. I've seen, I've seen him do things in my life. I've seen him do things around me. But what we're talking about is that God does it in such a superlative and superfluous manner. Proving unto, after I've fed them, let there be excess. I believe God was telling us uh, through Jesus Christ our Lord that he wants to do for us more than we need. Amen. Let me close on this section in Revelation 21, verses 6-7, to because that is the ultimate. Revelation 21, verses 6-7, to and he said to me, it is done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, shall inherit all things, shall inherit all things. Did you see the fullness right now? And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. He shall inherit all things. Not shall taste, not shall share, not shall be, not, not, not shall be borrowed. Shall inherit all things. To God, all things is all things. Hallelujah. And that is where we are going in the name of Jesus Christ. I may not be able to go into it so that, you know, we can just close right in time. Um, how do we get the word into our situation? One, through the direct word of God, the Logos and the Rema. The Logos and the Rema. Matthew chapter 8, verse 8. Matthew chapter 8, verse 8. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word. Amen? And my servant will be healed. Just release the word. That's a wise man. So how we get the word into our situation is that the word can be released directly from God. Might be in a vision, might be through preaching like this. That's why I read those 10 verses or 10 passages for you, expecting that when you are hearing them, the Logos was coming. The Logos being the written word of God, the communicating word of God, of which Jesus Christ personified. And the Raman is the one that is spoken as a command for a particular situation. They could overlap sometimes. It's not that distinct. Bible scholars, they've tried to. But as far as I'm concerned, the word of God is the word of God. Hallelujah. Number two, as I've mentioned before, through authority figures. Amen. Through authority figures. Do all you can to see that authority figures over your life, they bless you. Are you hearing me? Mm. Including men of God. Acts chapter 3 verse 6. Acts chapter 3 verse 6. Then Peter says, silver and gold I have not, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Immediately, the bullet went out. Whatever tied the leg of that man or the legs of that man, God snapped and the man rose up and walked. That was a word sent out by an authority figure. And we've mentioned parental one earlier in Genesis chapter 27 that you should seek. Let me just close, and there are spousal ones as well. 
hopefully that times. Do you know, let, let me just make mention of that since we are there now. Do you know that sometimes when we keep running around and, and, and you know, look, and I know situations can be very difficult for people. I do know that. And the other, it doesn't always depend on us, but we can do more. Let's begin to speak into people's life, especially at spousal level or at parental children level. Just, just speak, just speak into their lives. So, and it could be difficult, I know. And, um, and, and you know, the wife, the Bible actually says the wife has authority over the husband and the, and the husband authority over the wife. I hope you read that in your Bible. So you that are always going on about the man is only the head. In fact, a woman has a lot of power over the man. A lot. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for the amen. But it's scriptural, I'm telling you. You have, sincerely, you're incredible. And I hope men that are wise, they will know that those women near you, they are dynamite. You know, the way you see the dynamite is different. I'm talking about real spiritual dynamite now. They are beautiful, I know, but I'm talking about, you know, in, in, in the culture that I grew up, and they understood that. And um, women, they have what is called the poetic sayings about their husband. Do, do some of you know what I'm talking about? That in the morning they will wake up, you say you are the owner of my head, the one who is strong and powerful. And many of times they, they sometimes use it, you know, to get something from their hand. Yeah, I know that. But many of times, some of them, they bless them right from the inside of them. And you say, ah, who, who can stop you? You are the, they are the mighty hunter. You are the mighty battle. And, 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 and they, they, they didn't know, without them knowing, they are releasing life unto their husbands. And how much more you husband, you must release life into your spouses. How much more you parents, you must release life into your children. And these are very pertinent things. Many times we run too far and wide instead of honing in where God wants to do. And finally, I need to close on this one, self, amen? You need to do a lot of self-talk. Um, hopefully, we can have time to deal with that. But Bible verses for that, you probably need to go. You probably have gotten a lot more, um, you know, than was bargained for. But the time is well spent. And Numbers chapter 14, 6 to 7. Numbers 14, 6 to 7, uh, Joel 3, verse 10, and Romans 10, 9 to 10. I give you as homework to do, and uh, I pray the Lord will bless that on your heart. Amen. 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 For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.